0: Hello, my friends. This is Donna, and today's episode is titled I Am. Imagine that a stranger who is blind walks up to you and asks, Who are you? Most of us might start with our name. Some of us might describe the job that we do, or the education that we've had, or the personality that others tell us that we have. We might describe our physical body characteristics. We would probably identify with our current gender and the roles that we place such as, I'm a father or I'm an only child. But is any of this who you really are? Long before your body or your personality your roles in this lifetime existed, you existed. And long after your body, your personality, and your roles in this lifetime cease to exist, you will still exist. So then, who are you? Understanding a few distinctions of who we are at the human level, as well as at the spirit level, And how they interact and overlap, and might even contradict, can help create a wholeness, which can create inner peace for us. So I will explain some of the moving, or rather experiencing, parts of you and of me, not to create division, but to offer a platform of understanding so that we can become more whole. Understanding our complex parts might show us which ones we resist or exclude or are even ignorant of. The goal is greater acceptance and integration. So we are each a soul, we are each an individuated and experiencing microcosm of all that is, which could also be called divine source or God. I am. My truest identity is awareness, that which experiences without prejudice or judgment or even preferences. Our very first awareness at the soul level is divine love, which is to say unconditional love because that is who we are born as or individuated from. Emmanuel says that we are each just trying to remember who we are, trying to get home to that nature as we travel through these lifetimes. Returning home to ourselves is the highest level of this video game that we are playing. At our core, We have the ability to see everything exactly as it is and to accept it fully. It is just our conditioning from this currently duality-based environment that blocks this true nature. And yes, we did intend to block that nature in order that we could learn about unlove and learn from unlove. So I am a soul. I have a body. I experience emotions and observe thoughts, endless, endless thoughts, and I take actions. But the emotions and my experiences and thoughts and actions are not I am. Those are the ego or the personality or the conditioning or the role of this lifetime. You are who I experience as other or separate from me in my dualistic understanding. And yet you are a a reflection of me and a part or an extension of me from the understanding of my wholeness. As incarnated humans, we each have three main components that I want to talk about today. Each of these three main components has their own intelligence, their own powers, and their own senses, and each part contributes to the whole. So this is just going to be an overview or a high-level introduction that will hopefully set us each on a path of understanding ourselves more fully and maybe even healing the parts of us that need healing. Let's start with the body. The body is that which experiences and records all of a physical lifetime. The body is an energetic projection of our soul, and it serves as the vehicle for our incarnated spirit. So the body's main job is to anchor or hold our spirit here in this reality or this dimension or this world, and to connect us to this whole kind of illusion or video game of earth life via the physical senses. The body also carries out the actions of our will. Our will is part of our mind. We'll talk about that a little more later. The body is constantly being recreated or perhaps distorted because it reflects physically the beliefs of the mind. The body is influenced by physical genetics, which are records of lifetimes of our parents and our ancestors. So we have all that impacting our physical bodies. The body is also closely related to and influenced by earth elements. The body serves the mind and our spirit endlessly and totally, even to pain and annihilation of itself. And our body's intelligence center is actually in the gut. And it communicates with us via the gut first, but all of our body parts can actually communicate. The body's power is physicality. And there are five physical senses of the body, which I won't go through because we're all Pretty aware of those. So let's move on to the mind. The mind is the operating system for each physical lifetime, and the mind really becomes easy to easier to see and understand via QHHT uh, regressive hypnotherapy because as I take a client through different lifetimes, sometimes back to back, it's very clear that the mind is its own um, system, its own operating system, and is very different from lifetime to lifetime. So the mind's job is to navigate through each lifetime and to process or translate experiences that the body takes in. This Processing or translation is why five of us can experience the same event and yet end up with five very different interpretations of what we experienced. Our minds filter reality, sometimes to the point where what we decide happened can bear little resemblance to what actually happened. The mind includes the conditioned personality, which is often programmed in childhood and can change throughout life. And even from situation to situation, uh, the the conditioned personality is also called the mask or the outer face or the ego. And we have an entire episode on the ego where we will go much more into depth on that word and what it means and and how to work with it. The mind is also influenced by the pre-programmed soul essence And I'm not going to go into this too much because it can be an entire topic of its own. But if you would like to learn more about it, you can go to thepowerpath.com and just look up Jose Stevens' Person Essence System. It's very, very interesting. The mind is also influenced by emotions because... The mind is constantly trying to navigate emotions, so maybe avoid uncomfortable or painful emotions and cling to desirable emotions, which is part of why it will reinterpret events and interactions so that it uh, it can feel safe. Our minds in third dimension tend to dualism because remember, The mind is the operating system designed to navigate a world or an illusion currently set up to explore duality. We are transitioning into fifth dimension, and there is an episode on this titled The Shift. But lots of us are still operating within third dimension programs. Duality minds or programs like to see everyone else as other and to find the separations or even the conflicts, something to be for and against in order to feel independent and significant. It's kind of like the toddler. Once they figure out that they are their own person, they explore that separateness by saying no a lot, and then they find increasing ways to exert their will on their environment and everything within it. The mind is completely programmable, and we can change or overcome any conditioning or beliefs because, like the body, mind was created by the soul and exists to serve the spirit. The physical seat or connection point of the mind and body is the brain. The mind's power is the will, or we might call it intention and there are two mind senses. They are logic and imagination. Let's talk about the soul. Now when I use the word soul, I'm typically referring to the higher self or the whole self, the whole soul, which is not what incarnates. The whole soul, energetically speaking, cannot actually fit inside of this physical body, it would explode it, (laughs) it's too much energy. So what, what happens is what I would call the spirit, a portion of the soul is what incarnates a physical body, or inhabits lifetimes. So the soul includes the spirit, the specific personality facet of the larger soul, you could say, and of course, connects us to the higher self or the whole self. Our spirit is pure awareness. It's the witness that is always present. This, this spirit is the I am. And it can be easy to forget that we are a spirit. The, the body is so apparent and often so needy. <laughs> I'm hungry, I'm cold, I'm tired, cramps, you know. <laughs> and the mind is is full of nonstop opinions and trying desperately to survive in this modern sea of information and emotions and the general craziness. So we often forget that there is another part of us at all. My favorite way to access or come to know this part of my being is through meditation. As you sit in meditation, or you might call it contemplation or even prayer, as your thought stream is flowing along, doing its thing, and maybe emotions are rising and falling away, begin to notice who it is that is aware. Who is aware of all of this that is happening? And begin to see how You are aware of the thoughts, and yet you are not the thoughts. You are not the emotions. You are not the sensations or the sounds in the room. You can check in with how your body parts feel, but you are aware of them. You are not the body. So then, as you begin to focus on the part that is observing, the part that inhabits the body and listens to the mind as it analyzes or chatters or makes up stories about everything that happens. Begin to just be with and focus on and notice this I am, this part that is the awareness. We have an entire podcast on meditation, but as a primer, I will just say that getting to know and and being with this core you, this I am of your being, is perhaps the most profound gift of meditation. When you expand your spirit and bring it to the forefront of living, it will change you. It will change your life. Meditation is the powerful tool that touches and notices and calls truth into every part of us. So the physical seat of the spirit is the heart center. The physical connection to our higher self, or our whole soul, is actually the pineal gland, or what we might call the third eye chakra. But when we talk about being in your heart, we are referring to connection with our spirit. The spirit and soul's power is creation. And there is one spirit sense, which is emotion. Emotion which is ultimately love. And I'll explain that just a little bit. Picture emotions like the Crayola big box. If you're a color like I am, you might get excited when you get a big box of 120 colors. (laughs) White is said to be the color to contain every other color. So love is the white of emotion. Another way to say it is, all emotions, even if they don't really seem like love, are just distortions of love. So I know that that was a high overview, and I maybe went a little fast, but now that we understand some of this, maybe we can see why it's possible to have such a very rich inner life, especially for older souls, because there are so many facets or parts contributing to our experiences of just this lifetime and this personality and then much more when we go beyond. Understanding these distinctions and how they interact and overlap and even sometimes contradict along with accepting creates greater wholeness and greater inner peace. I want to touch real quick on intuition. When we speak of intuition, it is actually the culmination of all of these senses that I mentioned, the senses of the body, the five senses of the body, the two senses of the mind, and the one sense of the soul or spirit. So intuition kind of brings together like our past experiences of the body plus uh, our emotions and and uses our logic and maybe uses our imagination. And this makes up this, what we would call, our intuition that can inform or guide us. An interesting part uh, about there really being eight senses of the body-mind-spirit complex is that there are also eight dimensions that we as souls travel through within each octave of existence. So in closing, let's talk about trees In many ancient traditions, the tree of life is used to picture this body-mind-soul complex that we each are. The leaves or fruit might represent the flowering of our temporary bodies that come and go and bear seeds, that which is created and sustained by earth elements and then dies in seasons. The trunk might depict the mind with the branches being both conscious and, and subconscious, which channels and connects body and spirit. And the roots might be the constancy of our spirit awareness, that which connects to all that is and came from the oneness of all and returns to the oneness of all. In the Bible, there were two trees mentioned in the Garden of Eden. There was the Tree of Life, which Adam and Eve were invited to eat from freely, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they are warned not to eat from. So when I think about this, when I started to really study this whole uh, tree of life depiction of who we are as this body-mind-spirit complex, I began to wonder, could it be that the tree of life depicts oneness, which would be experiencing all of life as a whole, with complete awareness and placing value on every bit of it. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, by its very name, depicts duality, judging everything as either good or evil. Beliefs in duality become a mental separation, and eventually this will produce conflict. And conflict leads to physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual separation and eventually death. So perhaps the fall of the Garden of Eden actually plays out again and again in every person's lifetime. Maybe we always have this choice, even minute to minute, of which tree we're going to partake of. The belief that we are all connected, all part of the same whole, or the belief in duality and all of the separations that that brings. Diana and I will talk more about each of these main components of I Am during other topics. For instance, the episode on healing, the episode on meditation, the I mentioned the ego one, there will be one on physical health and sexuality. And when we talk about more about these main these three main components, um, hopefully we'll be able to give some deeper insights into how to work with these various parts of the human being that we each are. Your additional resources today. Uh, let's see. Wow, we have several. The first one is a book called The Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer. This is one of those books that I reread every so often because it deals not only with this concept of being pure awareness, but also it talks about the core of being human, which is to say our fears, our wounds, and the blocks like belief constructs that we tend to put up to stay safe or significant. And it gives great methods to reopen to all of life and to all of love. The second resource is also a book titled Train Your Mind, Change Your Brain by Sharon Begley. That's spelled B-E-G-L-E-Y. And this is a, a pretty scientific book. Basically, the Dalai Lama, invites top scientists in different fields to his residence for discussions to, in his words, keep Buddhism growing and developing by engaging with science because science is the leading worldview, End quote. So this book is based on a 2004 summit of the world's leading neuroscientists and basically presents how mindfulness practices can actually change the physical brain. It's a little bit outdated now in terms of where neuroscience is, but it's still a great introduction to things like neuroplasticity and mindfulness. And then once again, Jose Stevens' Person Essence System at thepowerpath.com, as well as many of his articles which speak about soul ages and touch on different things that I've talked about here. There's a book titled Seat of the Soul, by Gary Zukav. That's Z-U-K-A-V. Excellent book. A very small book called The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. And then a workshop called The Human Design Chart that is very interesting uh, to look into if there's one in your area. And they have practitioners that I think are all around the world. So if you just Uh, do an internet search for human design charts. You can get your chart online, but it's very helpful to go to a workshop and have someone knowledgeable kind of navigate your chart with you and explain it in greater depth. And then lastly, I wanted to mention that Richard Rohr, that's R-O-H-R, mentions the concept of the tree of knowledge of good and evil representing duality in a couple of his podcasts. And I am sorry, I don't recall which one specifically, because I've listened to him be a guest on a lot of different podcasts. And I just remember um, that really resonating when he mentioned that, and I haven't come across anybody else who explores that in depth. Remember to visit our author website at ddadair.com. That's d-d-a-d-a-i-r.com and leave any questions that you have about any information that we share. Also, Diana and I are writing a fiction series set in Atlantis. Actually, they're written. They're being edited and refined and rewritten right now. We do plan to publish uh, this year, 2018. So if you're at all interested in getting an email notification when we release those books, you can sign up for that also at our website. Thank you for your time today. Blessings on you, every part of you, (laughs) and blessings on your day.